For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the European Hoops podcast. We are a Sportsitas presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. We recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itus EuroLeague. Playoff time, how are you doing? Ready to preview all the four playoff series of this EuroLeague edition? Hi, Andre. I'm good. Uh, I'm super ready for this. Uh, we've been waiting a long time for the for playoff time, so let's get to it, man. This is going to be interesting. On this episode, we will break down in detail what to expect from each series of this edition of the EuroLeague. Tuesday, ahead of the start of the games, we will release a special episode with all of our individual awards for this season. But let's waste no time and start digging on each of these enticing series that will decide who are the four teams that make it to the Final Four. We start with the matchup between first and eight, but don't be tricked by these team's seeds. This is a high level matchup between Olympiacos and Fenerbahce. Olympiacos ended the regular season in first place. Fenerbahce after leading the standings for a couple of months went into a cold streak that uh, left their playoff status open until the very last round. Home court advantage can play a crucial role here on this series with Olympiacos having a regular season home record of 14 wins and 3 losses while Fenerbahce has a road record of 7 wins and 10 losses. Olympiacos swept the series with Fenerbahce during the regular season with two massive wins, a 20 points road win and a 27 points home win. Olympiacos ends the season with a plus 12 night rating, absolutely impressive stat, having the second best offensive rating with 119.9 points per 100 possessions and the best offensive rating with 107.9 points per 100 possessions. Fenerbahce has a positive 3.1 night rating behind the third best offensive rating between the teams that made it into playoffs and 180 18.6 points per 100 possessions and ranks 6th in the offensive rating with 115.5 points per 100 possessions. Both teams play at a similar pace and the outcome of this series will be determined in my opinion, by tactical tweaks and team performances. Olympiacos is a perfect regular season team. They are able to dominate games by controlling the pace of the game and executing at a very high level. And the only question mark I have for them is their execution in crunch time. I think that two names to keep an eye on for this series and potentially for the final four are Isaiah Kanan and Shekel Makinski. Their consistency and ability to create a basket in crunch time will be one of the keys for this series and for the success of the Olympiacos in the postseason. Fenerbahce has a roster that might, in terms of top talent, trump Olympiacos roster, but wasn't able to be anywhere near as consistent and to play at the same consistency 
consistency level of execution that Olympiacos had across the season. Some keys to look at on an individual side, how will Fenerbahce try to contain Vizankov and how dominant he will be on this series. Will Fenerbahce play bigger with Motley on him at the four to show Sasha some size or will they rely on Nigel Hayes-Davis and Deshaun Pierre to, to take this assignment? That's something that we should be tracking and something that will play a crucial role on this series. The free throws, Olympiacos went to the free throw line in average 18.3 times per game, while Fenerbahce did it 1.1 times less per game. But more than that, Olympiacos shot from the line on the high 70s, while Fenerbahce did it on the low 70s. The ability to be aggressive and get Motley on fall trouble can be another key for the outcome of this matchup. Motley, on the other hand, can present a challenge for Olympiacos by himself, allowing Fenerbahce to go to a Nigel, Pierre and Motley front court against Papa Nikolov Zenkov fall. Bolon Boy or Black front court can give Fenerbahce more mobility so taking him off the game could mean taking this option off the table for Fenerbahce and can be a tactical advantage for one team or the other. Finally, the guard battle with uh, Walkup, Slokos, Cannon, McKinsky and Laren Zakas in one end against Wibelkin, Kalates, Guduric, Dorsey and Edwards on the other. If I mentioned before that Cannon and McKinsky consistency in crunch time will be important for Olympiacos on the other side and maybe one of the most important questions regarding this playoff series, Wilbekin's health. He missed the team last games, but according to the timeline given by the team, he should be ready to play for, for game one. He has the potential to come out of this series as the most important decisive PC. He will certainly have on Walkup a worthy opponent on the other hand of the floor. And not regarding Bielitsa, it wasn't shown to be at 100% and uh, seems like will have a limited impact on these playoffs but uh, he has the talent level to if he is able to contribute uh, and become a game changer for the Turkish team although it feels somewhat unlikely at the moment I will take the team with home court advantage in this series going to five games it is a matter of trust in, for me on my on my pick here and in all of these variables that uh, I just pointed out, I trust Olympiacos more. And I think that uh, they have shown that uh, they have the consistency to, to do it. The coaching battle will be fascinating. This is the type of series where I see Tudis putting his team in a position to win some games. But Bartokas will be able to answer and do the same for his own team. So all the, the coaching tweaks that we will see from game to game will be something that will be worth tracking. And for sure will have a big impact on the outcome of this magnificent series. This is probably my number one series to watch. What uh, I might just argue against myself once we look into the other series of this side of the bracket. And uh, I wouldn't give a higher than 60% chance to either of these teams to win it. What about you, Diogo? Your views on this series? Where do you agree and disagree with uh, what I just said? And what are for you the most important aspects of this series? Yeah, so first of all, uh, your last point about the, the coaches uh, was going to be my, my first point. <laughs> I think uh, we're going to watch a, a great coaching battle between Bartsukas and Ituris. And I have Ituris as the, the type of coach that, that can get you a win in the playoffs and especially going on the road because I think home court advantage is going to be such a key factor here uh, because... Uh, I think Fenerbahce, their best chance to to maybe try and win this series is they have to steal one of these first two games because I don't trust them enough uh, in a game five on the road 
and especially with uh, Olympiacos playing at home, their crowd is insane. We saw what happened last year uh, between Olympiacos and Monaco in, in Game 5. They, they went crazy. So I think Fenerbahce needs to steal uh, Game 1 or 2 because I, I really believe that's the only way they can upset Olympiacos in this series. Uh, and also, like you mentioned, I'm super curious to see how Fenerbahce is going to guard Olympiakos and especially Sasha Vezenkov because Motley has been playing the five recently. Uh, but Olympiakos does start fall as well, along with Vezenkov. So I wonder if they're going to go with Booker to, to put some size on fall and have Motley guard Vezenkov. Or if, like you mentioned, they're going to go with a wing and Nigel Hayes-Davis or Deshaun Pierre. But on the flip side to it, uh, I don't know how Olympiacos is going to guard those two wings because if they have Isaiah Cannon on the court, uh, I don't. they're, they're probably going to have Isaiah Cannon guarding uh, Nick Kalaitis. And even so, uh, Nick can post him up a lot. But even Walkup, who is a great defender, he, he just might be too small for either Pierre or Davis. So that's going to be a, a, a really fun matchup. I, I can't wait to watch it. it. Like you said, it's probably the the best series in the first round. And considering they're the one seed and the eight seed, that's not uh, as usual to see. But uh, I really think it's going to be a, a great matchup. Uh, I'm okay because you went Fener- uh, Olympiakos. I'm gonna go with Fenerbahce. Uh, I really believe that they can steal a game here on the road. Uh, I think Itudi is gonna have them very prepared for this series. And hopefully, Wilbekin is back playing. And uh, I think Fenerbahce has the personnel that can get that can get an upset like this. So I'm going to go Fenerbahce in four. Very well. I also don't think that either of these teams will win three games in a row. So it will make it crucial for Fenerbahce to be able to steal one game in Greece. Otherwise, I think it will be very hard for them to to win the last three games of the series and uh, and close and close it with uh, a victory. But this will be a fascinating matchup in several aspects. And uh, I have some tactical questions for you here, like you were mentioning how important the, the coaching will be. And I agree with you. We saw Fenerbahce in the many games taking advantage of uh, the size of their forwards against other teams. And you were mentioning the, the mismatches that uh, Olympiakos guard might have to defend one of those forwards. And it will make it very hard for Olympiakos to go to three guard lineups and they will depend and rely a lot on Papa Nicola to, to stay on the floor for an extended period of time to be able to, to balance it out. How do you see Fenerbahce offensively trying to find ways to, to battle this this one that was the best defense of the EuroLeague during the regular season or Olympiacos? What advantages can they have? Because for me, the way I see it, it will be a lot of situations of Wilbekin on one-on-ones trying to, to hunt certain mismatches and having him attacking because I don't think that they will have a lot of size mismatches to explore on this specific matchup against Olympiacos and they will have to run. They will have to run and run and run and run and uh, that's, for, that's for me the way that they can stay on these games and in the end have a chance to, to win them. How do you see that part of the game unrolling? Well, obviously, uh, I see a lot of post-up play by by the wings uh, in Nigel Hayes and uh, in Pierre. Uh, but I see Booker getting some run or the elites at the five uh, or at the four with Motley uh, to, to kind of space the floor and take fall out of the paint because they can shoot. So I think that's going to be a way uh, of playing offense against Olympiakos. 
And then I think not not only Wilbekin, like you mentioned, playing one on one, but I think Tyler Dorsey is going to be very important in this series because they're going to need his scoring as well. So I think in a closing matchup situation, I maybe would take out Nicolades and go with uh, Wilbekin, uh, Tyler Dorsey, uh, Dosa Wings, and probably Motley. So. I'm curious to see how they're going to work those rotations out. But I, I really think they need Wilbekin and Dorsey to step up uh, in the scoring aspect and carry this team. I do wonder about Goodrich in place of one of those two wings to, to close the game. But Olympiakos, who do you think it's their best closing five? Because I think one of Cannon or McKinsky will be there. Walkup, probably. And then Papanikov, Zankov. But I don't know about the, the center situation here. Who will be your best closing five for the Olympiakos side? Yeah, I mean, bro, I think Sluka is going to be in there with Walkup. I think it's probably going to be like Slukas, Walkup, Papa Nicolau, Sasha. Uh, yeah, the five, the five situation is kind of tough. Uh, maybe they put Peters with Sasha, or uh, I don't know, Bolon Boy maybe because he's athletic, but he's not the the biggest center. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to play out that, or or if Sasha plays the five sometimes, because I think he can match up with Motley. So we're going to have to see. But I really think it's going to be an interesting series. And I think the coaching aspect is the 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 part that I'm looking for the most in this series. Because I really think we're going to see a masterpiece. Yeah, that's for me one of the most interesting parts of this series. Is because I think Olympiakos would like to close with Zankov, Papaniklau and probably three guards. With Walkup, Slokas and... Uh one of McKinsey or Cannon, but uh, that gives Fenerbahce the option of going bigger and taking advantage of them on the other side of the floor while still being able to to defend them. So it will be something very intriguing to see what Bratsokas will come up with. I think at the moment Fenerbahce has more outs, tactical outs, but um, you mentioned something that for me is very important, that is how Dorsey can be important on the series, how Bielica can be important on the series, and I absolutely agree with you. I mentioned that in terms of pure talent, I think Fenerbahce has the superior roster if you are just isolating individual talent. Just those players haven't been always performing or for physical reasons or Wilbekin is returning from injury, Bielitsen hasn't been at 100%, uh, Dorsey came into the team later in the season. All of that makes me trust more Olympiakos, but uh, it for sure will be a fascinating series. And the reason for me to call the series between Olympiakos and Fenerbahce my number one playoff series to watch, it's because I think those two teams are high-level top contenders, while the next two teams on the other series on this side of the bracket have longer shots to win it all and I probably wouldn't favor them against neither of the, the teams that uh, would come out of the quarterfinal series between Olympiacos and Fenerbahce. On this series we have the fourth Monaco against the fifth Maccabi. These uh, two teams ended one win apart of each other in the regular season. Maccabi had the biggest home and road split of all the competition, losing only twice in front of their home crowd. A starting indicator for Monaco as being a team that should translate well to the postseason is that in the games that ended with a margin of five points of less, they won 
10 out of 15 games. They were the, the best team in the competition on those situations. Granted that it also means that they had more games than any other team on the playoffs that ended within this margin, but it's a strong indicator for their ability to perform on crunch time. Both teams have similar offensive ratings, 117.3 for Monaco and 117.9 for Maccabi. Same happens in terms of defensive ratings, with Monaco having a 115.4 defensive rating, while Maccabi has an 114.6 defensive rating. I see this being a highly competitive series where I favor the lower seed, Maccabi, and I truly uh, struggle to decide in how many games, but uh, my pick will be in four games. I expect Maccabi to win both of their home games and uh, to steal one of the, the first two games in Monaco. I believe they have a really good chance to do it on the, the first game of the series with Maccabi team performing at a higher level right now, heading into this series, Monaco lost three out of their last four games. Their win was a hard-fought one on the road against Bayern. On that spam, they have averaged 77.5 points per game and allowed 83.3 points per game. While we are talking about a small sample here, this is an indicator of a team that is having some struggles, scoring 5.8 points under their season average and allowing about two extra points per game. On the other hand, Maccabi comes into this game with seven wins out of the their last eight games, with the loss being a one-point loss in Kaunis. On that span, they average 86.4 points per game and allowed 73 points per game. These numbers discount the overtime against Real Madrid, otherwise they would have averaged even more points per game. This number represented 2.8 points per game over their season average and a drop of 8 points on their points allowed per game. And this is for Miki, their ability to defend lightly on the season. And if they can translate that into this series against Monaco, they for sure will be in a very good spot to, to have a real chance to, to win it. Maccabi defensive ability, and if they can continue this momentum on defense can be a key for them. These two teams split their regular season series with the teams winning their home games. All eyes will be, and rightfully so, on these teams' backcourts, where Mike James, Jordan Lloyd, Okobo will be facing Lorenzo Brown and Wade Baldwin. Five high-level players where their decision-making should determine who wins this series. I see Maccabi Bench playing a big role on this series with the ability to overmatch Monaco's second units, but mostly to bring an extra layer of intensity into these games. Finally, a factor that can be highly impactful on the series is the three-point shooting. Monaco is the team with uh, the least three-point shots made per game at only 6.7, while allowing the most three-pointers made per game at 10.7 per game. The way that the three-point battle will swing might be crucial to the outcome of this series. Diogo, this might be one of the most enticing and entertaining series of the these playoffs. What do you expect to see on this matchup? Yeah, uh, I agree with you, first of all. Uh, I think this series is going to be very exciting. I think in terms of like uh, entertaining the fans, uh, this could be the, the best series uh, in the playoffs because th those guards, the, the highlights that, that they put out, uh, I think it's going to be a, a very entertaining series to watch. Um, going to, to who I think will win, um, this is all a matter of, similarly to Olympiacos and Fenerbahce, it's all a matter of can Maccabi steal a game on the road? And while I do think they can, um, I'm going to pick Monaco in five games because uh, I agree with you. Like you said, Maccabi, you don't see Maccabi losing a game at home, and I agree. But I th I'm going to give Monaco 
the benefit of the doubt here. And I think they're going to they're gonna handle their business at home as well because I, I trust Mike James in the playoffs and I trust those guards. Okay, I'm going to put it like this. In a clutch situation, uh, I trust Monaco's guards better than I trust Maccabi's guards. Uh, we've been talking all year about Wade Baldwin's decision-making uh, in clutch situations. Uh, I could see Lorenzo uh, playing with a full point guard at those moments because uh, it hasn't went very well when Wade has the ball in those situations. So, but I, I'm going to give it to Monaco at home. I think they close it out in Game 5. But you said it too, the, the shooting aspect in this, ser in this series is going to be super important because uh, for Maccabi, they have been moving the ball pretty well on offense. They have been playing the pick and roll at a high level and they have been shooting at a decent level as well. And for Monaco, I think Monaco actually has better shooters than Maccabi, but they have been very disappointing from three, especially in the last five or six games. Uh, ever since Mike James came back, they, they haven't played uh, very well. And this is my last point here. Will Mike James be a ball stopper? Because if he if he's going to be a ball stopper, I don't think Monaco can win this series. But uh, I'm going to trust that he's going to make the, the right decisions. He's going to play the right way. And I think he he's going he's gonna to have to involve his teammates from the start because he can get going at any point of the game. But he, he needs to make sure that his teammates are there for him from the start. And I think the biggest X factor in this series is John Brown because I think he's, he gives them uh, the ability to, to switch a lot of pick and rolls. And the way Maccabi has been playing the pick and roll, uh, I think switching might be the best option to defend them because uh, Maccabi's bigs are not really guys that you give them the ball to play in the post. They're more of uh, lob threats or, or rollers. So I think switching is a good option. And I think John Brown can, can stay in front of guards. So it's going to be a very good series, uh, but I'm going to go with Monaco in five. Very well, I, don't, I clearly don't disagree with you. I just trust Maccabi better momentum if Monaco is able to come up on this series sharing the ball, presenting good defensive challenges to Maccabi guards and take them away of their usual pace, then uh, yes, if Maccabi, if Monaco is able to win the first two games, then I also see them winning in, in five. But uh, since I think that Maccabi will win, one of the first two that's why I'm picking them in four but this will be as you said as well probably the most entertaining series and if Monaco and Maccabi will be battling for their spot in the final four no other team probably has a higher motivation than Zalgiris with a chance to play the EuroLeague final four at uh, their home court in Kaunas from all the playoff series this one is likely the one with the heavier favorite Barcelona, after ending the regular season in second place, will face the Lithuanian team that was the last team to clinch their playoff spot on this edition of the competition. I will start with my prediction for, for this, uh, this series. It is that Barcelona in four games, and the reason why I'm making this, uh, this pick, I think that they will have the, the best player on the, on the floor at all times during this series, both on their starting unit and on their bench units their depth and strength of roster should allow them to dominate this series even if I expect Algiris to be able to, to win one of their home games in Kaunas I 
think that Barcelona will be able to close this series in, in four games. On the two times that these teams met, they, they split their regular season games, with Salgiris winning at home by one point, 73-72, and losing in Barcelona, 93-74. Barcelona ranks on the top half of in the offensive rating with uh, 118.4 points per 100 possessions, while Zalgiris is the last between the eight teams reaching the playoffs with 112.8 offensive rating. Barcelona has the third best offensive ra rating heading into the playoffs with 112.1 points per 100 possessions, trailing only to Olympiacos and Real Madrid, while Zalgiris has on their defense their strength, allowing 114.5 points per 100 possessions. The ability to create offense will be the biggest issue for Zalgiris on this matchup that will need to get red hot from three to be able to compete but uh, that won't be an easy task against the more efficient three-point shooting team of EuroLeague Barcelona converting 40.3 per percent of their trees. Barcelona also allows the least three points made per game, only 7.6 per game. Barcelona depth is immense and while they might need having contributions from Kalinic on this uh, series against the dynamic wing-sized players of Zalgiris, mainly Ulanovas and Brazdaikis, Satoranchi and Mirotic are the two key pieces within the this deep roster that uh, should dictate how far Barcelona team can go in this series and uh, in this postseason. I believe you will be agreeing with me that Barcelona are heavy favorites for, for this series. So how do you see it unrolling? Okay, so you went uh, four games. Uh, I'm going to go three games. Uh, I think Barcelona will be able to, to sweep Zalgiris. Uh, I just think they, they have too much. Like If they are able to, to play consistently, uh, we talked about it all year, but the, the past, uh, the game against Valencia, the, the final round for EuroLeague, and this weekend against Real Madrid uh, for the domestic competition, uh, they played two incredible games and they were really consistent throughout the game. So I just think in, they have too much size overall against Zalgiris. They, they have the bench working for them. So if they move the ball and if they're shooting at a decent rate, which obviously they are capable of, uh, I think they're going to win in three games. Uh, uh, I understand why you think Zalgiris can, can get a game at home and uh, it wouldn't shock me but uh, I think Barcelona just has too much for them and in a playoff setting I think their experience um, their their roster their their talent I think it's going to be too much for Zalgiris to handle but I do have a question for you um, how do you think uh, Zalgiri's uh, small ball lineup is going to work against Barcelona. I think that they will they will be struggling to to contain Barcelona's size because Barcelona has so many quality big minds that will be able to to punish them inside over and over again. Barcelona has also a lot of uh, wing size that will be able to to compete with uh, with Zalgiris. I just don't see the Zalgiris having having the options to be a real challenge for for Barcelona in this series. Yeah, I think they will match up very very poorly and uh, exactly. Even yeah. when they go into their their small lineup uh, Options that have been quite fruitful for them, especially late on the season. The way that Barcelona plays and the way that Barcelona moves the ball, it's 
doesn't matter too much and it's not too dependent on the the other team having a big man or not. They are able to kick it out, to move the ball, to look for an extra pass and they keep doing it over and over again and keep grinding your defense over and over again. Zalgiri's ability with that small lineup to switch, to contest teams that play well in transition won't be as useful against the, the way that Barcelona play. So I don't see them being too successful with it. On the other side of the court, especially offensively, they will need to, to spice the floor as much as they can. They need Isaiah Taylor to be extremely aggressive on this matchup, to be looking for open shooters and they will need to make shots. And especially at home, behind their home crowd, I see them uh, being extra physical in one of the games, be able to, to give some defensive problems to Barcelona. Their switching game that that small lineup allows will allow them to stay in the game, not to, to have a big advantage, but to stay in the game. And if they get uh, they get hot from three in one of those matchups and having that ability to stretch the floor with that small lineup might be worth them a game. But uh, I don't think more than that. Yeah, but uh, uh, I asked the, that question to, to follow my next point, which is uh, Zagiri's small ball lineup has been uh, the thing that's been working the best for them. And that's the biggest problem in this matchup because I think their small ball lineup against Barcelona, like you said, they're, they're going to struggle a lot with those bigs. So uh, I really don't see how Zalgiris can can compete per se, like make it a real series uh, just because of that aspect. Like their best lineup is not going to be able to stay on the floor much, I think, because I think I really think Barcelona is going to punish them. Uh, however, uh, my keys for Zalgiris in this series is obviously the perimeter defense because Barcelona is a great three-point shooting team. So they're going to have to do a good job guarding the three-point line. It's the rebounding battle because Barcelona is obviously a bigger team and Obviously, with a small ball lineup, that could be a, a big problem. So I think they got to at least be competitive rebounding-wise to, to stay in this series. And le my last point is, offensively, they have to, to attack the paint and be able to kick it out. But they, they do have to put pressure on the rim, put pressure on Barcelona, so that they're able to, to create something offensively. But, but I think it's going to be a, a struggle for them. Uh, hopefully they can make it competitive uh, because we all want to see series go the most games as possible uh, but i just don't think they have enough uh, so i think barcelona is going to win in three games i'm certain that Salgiris will will put up a fight and be feisty and fight for the chance to play their final four at home that's obviously not what i'm saying that they won't won't have the energy and the will to to win they for sure will i just don't think that they they have enough on the roster and another problem with their small lineup is also how good mirotic is on the post i don't see uh, olanovas brazakis botkevicius uh, being able to to compete with him on the post so roland schmidt will be the best option for them try to defend uh, mirotic yeah, on the post and, and and in, in their and last if, game, uh, it was Roland Smith and Mirotic had his way. Like Yeah, exactly. Roland Smith is probably the best option, but Mirotic had a, a hell of a game. I think that was the game where he missed like two shots the whole game and he had like 28 or something. And if you and if you have Roland Schmitz at the, at the five and you lose that option on Mirotic, uh, you will have a very hard time. Or even if you try to have him on Mirotic and have a wing on one of the Barcelona centers, their pick and roll game 
will <laughs> it will just make it too hard. So Barcelona has too many options for that lineup to to work against them. And then when you join that, because you will need to double team a lot, you will need to help a lot inside. And you are speaking about the team that has the best uh, three point shooting of the Euroleague, so they will have a lot of open shots and they will be making them. And that just gives you too much trouble. So Zalgiris to win games will have to run a lot, to pressure a lot, to be extremely aggressive. And I think there will be one game at least on the series that they will be able to compete. Maybe it falls for their side, but it will be an extremely hard series. And this is, for me, the the least balanced series of, of all the four. And Barcelona has a, a real shot to be on the on the final four. And I think he's the, the they are the clear favorite. And that's why it's the only series so far that we both agree on the, the side that we are picking. There are no no easy series on this EuroLeague though and uh, Zalgiris for sure will want to compete. And uh, on the other series of this uh, side of the bracket we can expect another highly competitive matchup between Real and Partizan. If I have to rank the this playoff series I will have Olympiakos and Fenerbahce first and this series between Real Madrid and Partizan second. Although, as we spoke, I think that Monaco and Maccabi will be one of the most competitive ones. I just think that these four teams have um, a higher shot of winning it all. This are series between contenders to me. Real comes into these playoffs in the third place and will face the sixth partisan. I personally wouldn't be waiting too heavily this partisan seeding after starting the season with four wins and nine losses this partisan team was able to win 16 out of their last 21 games coming into this stage of the competition as one of the most dangerous teams that uh, are still in the game for winning it all when these two teams met we had fireworks with the home teams winning Real Madrid 105-97 Partizan in Belgrade 104-90 the strength of Partizan is their offense where they rank first in offensive rating with 121.9 points per 100 possessions they come into this postseason with the worst defensive rating between all the teams that are in the playoffs with a defensive rating of 117.8 Real Madrid is more consistent in both sides of the, the court. There are, for me, two big keys in this series. And it's real ability to slow down Partizan and Partizan ability to put pressure or, on real baskets. Being able to attack Tavares to drive and kick out the ball will be crucial for Partizan to have a chance to win three games on this series against Real. They have in Exum a player capable of doing that. For me, he will be a key factor for Partizan chances to, to win this series and to move on to the, the final four. On the other hand, I trust Real Madrid to be able to score at the, high, at the highest level against the, this Partizan team. They are not short of talent with a roster with Musa, Yabusele, Zoja, Deck and uh, a never-ending depth. But I think they won't be able to stop Partizan for three games in this series and I expect the teams to split the first four games. I trust Partizan more at this point to, to get this series in five games. And these are the reasons why. And please take into account that these numbers also include the start of the season where Partizan had three wins and nine losses. They are the second best team in the EuroLeague shooting trees, shooting them at a 39.6% rate. And they turned the ball over only 16.1 times per 100 possessions. While Real can be strong defensive team anchored by Tavares rim protection, I don't think they are able to disrupt partisan strength enough to be considered the favorite in this series. Real allows the third most three-pointers made between the eight teams 
in this postseason at 12.9 per 100 possessions, while causing the least turnovers at only 15.6 per 100 possessions. This plays into partisan strengths and I think gives them an edge here. Last but certainly not least, I think partisan has a big advantage on the coach matchup with coach Abradovich. This is why I think the data above gives them an advantage because their leader will be able to push push the right buttons and have them ready to do what they do best and to to have a real shot to win this series and to move on to the the final four now this is my case of why having an edge in this series but Real can very well win this series and it should come down to the team that manages to be more consistent across I believe five games what about you Duke on this enticing series, you lean the same way that I do? Uh, okay, in terms of who wins the matchup, uh, I disagree. Um, I'm going to go with Real Madrid, and I, I think I'm going to go four games. Uh, I think they are able to, to get one in Serbia. Obviously, uh, like you mentioned, uh, there is a big advantage for Partizan uh, coaching-wise because uh, Coach Obradovic, like, we know his resume, we know how good of a coach he is, and in the playoffs, that, that factor should step in. But I just think Real Madrid's roster, uh, they've all been here before. They they know what it takes to, to win a playoff series like this. So uh, I trust that roster a lot. And having uh, Sergio Rodriguez, uh, I think in the playoffs, is going to play a, a big part with him coming off the bench and, and leading that team and controlling the pace of the game. But just overall, I, I just think Real is a, a better team. And I do understand the numbers he threw out. And I think Partizan is also an incredible team and they have been playing amazing basketball uh, in the second half of the season. But I don't know. I think, first of all, for both teams, uh, I think both teams got to be super resilient in this series. Uh, I think Real Madrid is the better team and I think they're going to be leading for most of the games. So I think Partizan needs to be resilient in in the terms of not throwing the towel. Like They got to keep fighting and, and keep going for it. And then for, on the other side for Real Madrid, when they go to Partizan for games three and four, um, that crowd is going to be super loud and it's going to be crazy in there. And Partizan's going to go on runs and they're going to be ahead a lot. So it's about how Real Madrid will respond to the crowd and are they going to be able to, to get one on the road? And I think they will because I, I do think they have uh, the players to do that. So I think that's the the first key in this game, in the in this matchup. Sorry, um, but then the the shooting aspect for both teams. You you mentioned Partizan uh, after those, that beginning of the season, they have been shooting at a thirty nine percent clip, and Real Madrid struggles guarding the three a lot. And in terms of shooting the three, they they have ups and downs. But uh, I think in the playoffs again. Uh, Real Madrid's players have all been there. They they know what it takes. I, I think they're going to do a good job of uh, of shooting the ball and playing defense on the other side. So I think Real Madrid wins this in four games. And for Partizan, I think the biggest question here, and I'm going to ask you this, uh, do you think that Exum, uh, Dante Exum and Kevin Ponder can match uh, Real's options on the wings? Because I think that's going to be the biggest X factor in this matchup. Yeah, I think so. I think especially Exum ability to drive will be one of the biggest keys on this uh, this matchup. If we had seen Ezonji being more 
consistent and playing at a higher level as we have seen him at moments for example the Real road game against Monaco I would say that Real will have a real advantage on that battle but they have shine away for from having as Audio having a big role they have been playing a lot of deck at the tree I think that can actually give an advantage to, to Partizan with those two players uh, being able to match the level of play although they are very different players from each other I think that uh, the Partizan players can be able to match that level of play and uh, this will be team games and I think that um, if Real Madrid had um, and I don't want to be going back to, to that debate we had in the past on this podcast but if Real Madrid had a guard able to, to dominate and control the game I think they would they will because they have indeed the best team they would be able to to control this matchup because they have this high level front court players this high level wings since they don't they need to do it as a group and the uh, Partizan has been able in the matchups with Real Madrid to play to match their high level of play and to be as good as them or to play at the same level as them, I do think that the Panther and Exum will be able to compete with uh, Moose and Zonja on this uh, on this matchup. Partizan has a real shot here, and I think that those two players will be key, and especially Exum will be key, and uh, he might come out of this series as the, the most important player of the series. I, I just think in terms of wings, uh, I think Partizan can struggle a, a little bit with a real size on the wings, and I think that could be a, a big factor in this matchup. But obviously, offensively, they can produce uh, at the same level, uh, I think. But I, I think Kevin Punter playing the two and having to match up with possibly Musa or uh, Balde or Mario, I, I think that's going to be tough for him because he's not really that strong physically. Uh, so we got, we're going to see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to Real Madrid. But but I think it's going to be a, a great and highly competitive series. Absolutely. If we have seen Ezra playing at a higher level consistently, maybe this will be the series where he will start doing that and uh, this uh, and show that uh, Real Madrid has a real shot to win it all. That can be the outcome we see from this series. I'm just uh, trusting parties and more here and uh, I think that they have a real shot to get this win. It's for sure another series that uh, it yeah, will be uh, worth to, to fall and watch every single game. I, I don't think anybody can blame you for going with Obradovic, so I think you're good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So these are our breakdowns of every single one of this series. Our picks are I am picking Olympiacos in five games, Diogo is picking Fenerbahce in four games, I am picking Maccabi in four games, Diogo is picking Monaco in five games, I'm picking Barcelona in four, Diogo is picking Barcelona in three, I'm picking Partizan in five, and Diogo is picking Real Madrid in four games. Our splits show how competitive this Euroleague is. For sure, it will be worth tracking, and we will be here to break it all down for you guys. Let's wrap up this episode. Make sure you tune in Tuesday, ahead of the start of the games, when we will be bringing you all of our season awards. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos Euroleague, where we bring you any news that break about the competition, must-watch games, injury reports, and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is Andre, and I'll be seeing you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on next episode. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones 
who get it done.